Hey, it's Payne. I want to share a message from our sponsor, Spot Pet Insurance. Sometimes unexpected vet bills can hit hard when we least expect them. And if life throws you a curveball and your beloved pet needs urgent medical attention, the vet bills can start piling up. Enter Spot Pet Insurance, the ally you never knew you needed. Spot Pet Insurance plans can offer up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, providing a safety net when the unexpected occurs. Life can be unpredictable, and so are the needs of our furry companions. Spot Pet Insurance understands that. With Spot, you can focus on the things that matter, knowing that your pet has coverage to help protect your wallet from those unexpected vet bills. Spot Pet Insurance plans don't just offer coverage for unexpected accidents and illnesses. You can add their preventative care benefit to your plan, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can all be covered too. It's a shield against the unexpected. If you have a pet, consider Spot Pet Insurance, because having the right resources at the right time can make all the difference. Just go to spotpet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hey guys, today we're going to explore the Molly Miller and Colt Haynes case from Love County, Oklahoma. This case was covered in the fourth episode of the Up and Vanished TV series. You can stream the series now, anytime, on the Oxygen app. Here's an overview. We didn't start this, but we will finish it. We're not going to let go until Molly and Colt are home. One night in Love County, Oklahoma in 2013. Our town is really small. It's Wilson. Everybody knows everybody. There's one degree of separation. A car spun out in front of a cop vehicle, instigating a high-speed chase. It all started with a late-night police chase in Wilson. The car held three young people. People she thought were her friends. Driver James Con Nip and two passengers, Colt Haynes and Molly Miller. Molly was a very rambunctious girl who enjoyed life. Wild outgoing, fun, down-to-earth, and just an amazing person. During the pursuit, they peeled into the woods to take cover, but only one of them emerged. Police say James Con Nip was driving a car that spun out in front of an officer, led authorities on a chase where the pursuit was called off by the sheriff. I'm gonna get out of the car here and talk to him. I think that it seems very fishy how it was dealt with. Some of these witnesses are scared of being threatened with their life. And until those people come forward, this case is likely to go unsolved for a while. Three went in and one came out. What really happened that night? This case is really frustrating. A moment of reckless adrenaline leading a car of young people into the woods. Then there's a string of phone calls all night. 
made by both Molly and Colt. Collectively, it seems they called over 30 people that night. Then around 10 a.m. the next morning, all the calls abruptly stopped. Here's P.I. Philip Klein to discuss both the calls and the timeline. So is this a missing persons case or a homicide case? To me, it's a homicide case. Philip Klein began his investigation by collecting the cell phone records of Molly and Colt. His team then interviewed over 30 people who spoke to both Molly and Colt the night of the high-speed chase. From that information, they built a timeline of what they believe happened after the chase. They're all three in the vehicle. They're running from the cops. At some point, we believe that Molly and Colt fled the vehicle, but Khan kept going. Right. And so at this point, Molly and Colt are technically still running from the cops, right? Right. They ran into a ravine, and we believe Molly and Colt uh, began to hide. Khan broke through another fence, and eventually the car died. We believe Khan got out of the car and took off and ran home. According to Phil's investigation, Colt called multiple friends saying he was stuck in a ravine. He was hurt and needed help. According to witness statements to us, Colt climbed up in a tree to see where he was. At some point, he fell out of the tree and broke his leg. We believe Molly was right there with him. But at some point, Molly starts calling the cops. On July 8, 2013, at 12.57 a.m., Molly Miller makes her first call to 911. The towers puts Molly Miller right there on that hill. 911 dispatch pinged Molly's cell phone on the property adjacent to the Nip family compound, less than 100 yards from where Con Nip's Honda Accord was found. In addition to 911, Molly called over a dozen people between midnight July 8, 2013 and 10 a.m. the next morning. She was looking for help in a ride home. There's a lot of strange phone calls in this case. Here's a clip of an accidental phone call that was made to 911 after Molly and Colt disappeared. The sound is pretty muffled, like it was dialed from someone's pocket. But in the call, it sounds like someone's mentioning Molly Miller's name, talking about someone getting shot in the mouth and more suspicious activity. Colby Barrick is Con Nip's uncle. In 2018, Colby was arrested on unrelated gun charges and is serving 48 months in federal prison. Eight months after Molly and Colt went missing, Colby Barrick accidentally called 911, and from the sounds of it, he was describing how Molly and Colt were allegedly murdered. March 29, 2014, 12, 28, 34. Love County Hello? The 911 operator immediately called Sheriff Russell. I was just on 911, listening to a 911 phone call. I mean, they were talking about Molly and Colt, and I mean, the girl that was killed and dope and stuff like that. Like, they didn't know that they were on 911. And it comes from 
a pond just north of Long Hollow Road on Oswald. And the phone pain down around off you like? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, yeah. I want to take from off. I like that today. The mysterious phone call was made from Moxley Lake, a location that Molly's family believes is the main site that needs to be searched. Paula believes that Moxley is a possible location for their bodies. The 911 operator, she never said anything about it being Moxley, but the sheriff, he knew it was at Moxley Lake. Interesting. Paula Filder believes that Molly and Colt could be located in Moxley Pond. I asked her to come with me to see it. In addition to the evidence of the 911 call, Colby gave law enforcement a tip in 2018, while in prison for a weapons charge, that Molly and Colt's bodies are located in Moxley Pond. The pond has never been searched by authorities. So in your mind, is this pond the most significant place to look for her? Right now it is, yes, until it can be searched and taken off the list. It's the main tip right now that we have. deep is that thing? They say it's probably about 20 feet deep. Really? Mm-hmm. This water is coming from the North Lake. It's pretty deep. It continuously has water in it. And the other side of this wall of bamboo. Yeah. We had no idea this existed. You can't see anything. No. This area has to be checked. The lake has to be checked just to at least eliminate it from any possibility of her being here. So this is the place where Colby makes that strange 911 call where he mentions Molly Miller by name. Correct. And my first thought is maybe it's just some guys goofing around, you know, firing off some rounds, having some drinks or something out here in the woods, goofing off. But then the fact that he mentions the same location to law enforcement as a possible place where their bodies are. Correct. That's strange. Yeah, and that was four years after the 911 call that he mentioned this to law enforcement. What were they doing out here? That's the question. We don't know what they were doing out here, but the things that are on the tape makes us wonder if they had moved the bodies possibly off the net property and moved them to this location. So it needs to be checked. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all of that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
We have two dogs in our home. Aria is a two-year-old puppy who definitely needs help with her portions. And Nala is a 10-year-old dog who is living a great life and we want to keep feeding her well so she can hang in there with us for a lot longer. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with them. The farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced and made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchens. It's the best option for dogs at all life stages. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health, helping you live more healthy, happy, and full years together. You can get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash vanished. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Bottom line, there's a lot that isn't being done in this case. The Nip family isn't allowing anyone to search their property, and it seems there are no resources or manpower being allocated to searching anywhere else. Here's an extended interview from the case, where I talked to Paula, probably the biggest advocate for getting this case solved. Paula, yes. nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for coming here. Well, thank you for having me. What is your relationship to Molly? I'm Molly's cousin. Uh, Molly just was a good-hearted little girl who would stand up for the underdog. You know, she was she was very outspoken, and uh, she was just a good kid. She got wrapped up in 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 drugs, you know, and um, started hanging around some bad people which led to where we are today, you know? Um, her missing, presumed to be deceased, and so she just got into a really bad situation. Tell me about Colt Haynes. Who is this person, and how does Molly know him? I don't know much about Colt. Um, from my understanding, she had just recently met him. Um, he was staying at the house where Con Nip had picked them up from. And um, Molly went with them. Was Molly friends with Colt? She had become friends with Colt, yes. Um, from my understanding, she, he was older than her. Uh, I believe he was 22 when they went missing, and she was 17. And I think she was infatuated, probably, uh, more than likely, with him. According to one of her friends, you know, she just, she just kind of liked him. Um, I don't know if the feeling was mutual, uh, you know, uh, with Colt or not, but I don't think she knew him well. Like I said, I, I only think they knew each other about a week from what I've been told. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through the moment you found out she was missing? Well, um, it was on Facebook. My sister called me and told me that had I seen the post about Molly missing? And I said, no. I called Molly's mother and I asked her what was going on. She, t she told me about the chase and um, they couldn't get a hold of Molly. So they reported her initially as a runaway uh, with the local police department. That was on the 8th after the police chase. They reported her as a runaway. She didn't meet the criteria for an Amber Alert once they decided that she was not a runaway. Uh, Melissa, Molly's mother, called me on, I believe, the 18th of July and said, I need you here. 
she was frantic on the phone and she was like, I need you here. I, um, they've killed my baby. I asked her what she, she meant, you know, and she says they killed her. They killed her? That's what she was saying on the phone. She was very frantic. And I said, how do you know this, Melissa? She said, I just know. How soon after was this? This was on the 18th of July. Okay. The following day, my sister and I loaded up. From everything that we had been told up to this point, Molly had been out at Oswalt Road. We're not familiar with the area, so Oswalt and Long Hollow is where we were told. My sister and I drove down here from Shawnee. We went straight to Oswalt Road without telling any of the family. We went to Long Hollow, drove up and down Long Hollow Road, and then we parked on Oswalt, and we started walking. We walked for miles and miles and miles, looking in ditches, looking under the bridges. Molly's stepdad showed up out there. He called and asked where we were. If I was coming down, I said, well, I'm already here. And he came and showed up and, and he helped us search. That night of the car chase, mm -hmm. did Molly call anybody? Not during the car chase. How about after? Yes. There was multiple calls on her phone. 33 incoming and outgoing phone calls were to one number, um, a boy by the name of DJ Epley. And from my understanding, that was not Molly talking to DJ. It was Colt Haynes using Molly's phone to talk to DJ. Why? Um, asking him to help try to find them. And DJ had um, gone to a location looking for them, but he was in the wrong location. I think Colt must have told him that we're near Long Hollow Road. DJ Epley went to Bear Hollow Road, which was quite a ways, I would say probably 10 miles or more from where Molly and Colt actually were missing. There was also a phone call at 6.30ish, um, and she had actually spoke to somebody and asked him for a ride, and he was unable to come and get her. And then at 9.33 a.m., on the morning of the 8th, she made a phone call to a Brandon Smith who was at work and unable to leave work and come and get her. At 9.39, six minutes later, Molly's phone went dead and was never used again. Cold Haynes' phone, he made multiple calls from his phone um, that night and into the morning hours. His phone went dead approximately 20 minutes after Molly's did. Well, about 15 minutes after Molly's phone went dead, Colt Haynes' phone went dead. Four people that Colt was on the phone with, well, there was four people out looking for Colt and Molly, but he was on the phone with one of them in particular. They were semi in the right vicinity, but I think they were a little too far down on Pike Road from where Molly and Colt were. So they're searching for them um, for a couple of hours, and they went to Con's house shortly after and asked Con where they were. And they had Colt on the phone with them, um, and he, he told them he didn't know where they were. They're just messing with you. Uh, Molly did call 911 at 12.57 a.m. Uh, the morning of the 8th, and she, um, she hung the phone up. It was only five seconds. 911 operator called the number back with no response, and nobody has ever checked that. In the state of Oklahoma, there's a domestic abuse law. Uh, if a 911 call comes in mm -hmm. um, and it's a hang-up call and they call back and there's no answer, you have to respond um, to make sure nobody's being hurt. But nobody ever responded. 
So the car chase happens. Colt and Molly leave the car. Are they together during this time period? Do, do they break off? What do we think happened from that point? I believe Molly and Colt were together. I don't think Molly ever left Colt's side. He, he hurt himself. Um, from my understanding, he had climbed a tree. Um, we don't know if he climbed that tree to get a bearing of where they may be, or if he climbed the tree to get cell phone signal, or exactly what, but he fell from the tree and broke his ankle. He had told somebody on the phone his ankle was broke. I don't believe Molly ever left him. And the people that were, the four people that were out searching for them said that, one of them I believe said that he could hear Molly in the background talking on the phone as well. So is anyone else with Colt and Molly? Where's James Kahn? After the police chase and after he took them on, on this route that he took them, he abandoned them out there in the woods. But this was Khan's M.O. I mean, this is something that he did frequently, you know. He was notorious for stealing cars, taking police on high-speed chases, and going in this direction that he took them that night. The landowners out there were constantly fixing fences where Khan Nip had run through their fence. So um, they were in a Honda Accord. The terrain was incredible out there. I, I still wonder what it must have been like in that car out there bouncing around because I've been through it in my truck and you know it was very difficult for me to maneuver getting through there in a truck much less a Honda Accord. I think they went through a creek bed in that car and when they came up on the other side I believe that um, the car disabled at that point. There was a lot of parts to the car out there and Molly and Coke got out of the car at that point. Con took off back to the Nip property. So we know he was back at the Nip property the following morning, but Molly and Colt were nowhere. After Molly went missing, did you go to the police? Molly's mom and stepdad did. Okay, what happened? I mean, they followed up on some leads, you know, and checked on some things, but I don't believe that it was thorough. Molly's mother called the Love County Sheriff's Department on the 9th requesting that they take a missing person report. The dispatcher who answered that call, I have spoke to her, and um, Joe Russell, who was the sheriff at the time, Con's cousin, Joe Russell, he, um, he was leaving the building when the call came in and she took the phone out to him and said, Molly Miller's mother's on the phone and wants to file a missing person report. And he said, this is not my problem. She needs to talk to Wilson PD or Carter County. Why? He would not take the call. It, well, he... He's a sheriff. It didn't have to be his problem. He had gotten away with it for 16 years, you know, running this county the way he wanted to. His family um, was allowed to do whatever they wanted to with no re repercussions ever. And, I mean, it's very evident by the fact that these people were rarely arrested, never went to prison until Molly came up missing and we pushed it to the fact that, you know, his Con's uncle, Kobe Barrick, who we believe is deeply involved, and Con both have been in prison. He protected his family. They were able to run amok and do as they pleased for so long that it was just, it was just second nature to them. Until I got involved in this, you know, I, I didn't know, I, I didn't realize, I guess I was naive to the fact that this kind of stuff really happened. 
the dispatcher who took the call, she did go ahead and take down the information from Molly's mother and she made up flyers and posted them in the sheriff's department. Um, which her outspokenness regarding Molly and Colt's disappearance is probably what ended up getting her fired. She was fired? Yeah. When? Oh gosh, probably within a month, two months after Molly's disappearance, she, she was let go. In your mind, who's the number one suspect here? Con Nip. So who is this James Con Nip guy? He's a vagrant. You know, he is just uh, someone who was raised um, in the backwoods of Love County, who was allowed to just run amok and do as he pleased. He didn't care who he hurt in the process, not even his family, you know. Um, I don't have any nice words for him, although I do have a bit of sympathy for him. You know, when you're raised and this is all you know, you have a choice to make a change, but sometimes people just don't realize that. And I spoke to Con on September 1st, 2013. I went to his house and spoke to him there. And I did see remorse in his eyes. Really? And I think that's what has given me that compassion because it just made me wonder what, what he knows, what he really wants to tell, but he's not allowed to. Warmer, sunnier days are coming. And you can fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for the summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. So make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and keep the kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready to go in two minutes, so no shopping, no prepping, no cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com UAV50 and use the code UAV50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code UAV50 at factormeals.com UAV50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. After filming, our team sat down to discuss the case. Who was the closest to each other? That's a good question. So it sounds like Molly and Khan were friends at some point in time, probably because of proximity of where they grew up. It was interesting to me to hear from Molly's aunt that she thought that Khan and Molly, you know, had a genuine care for each other. Right. Because this whole situation sounds pretty nefarious. Anyway, sounds like Molly and Khan were friends. It sounds like Molly and Colt had only really known each other for a week or maybe a little bit over that. When I talked to one of Molly's best friends, she said she didn't even know they knew each other. Um, I think that it seems like Molly knew Con better than she knew Colt. But also, it sounds like Colt also knew Con better than he knew Molly. Later on, we learned that Colt and Con kind of had beef and sort of didn't really like each other. Do you think that uh, Molly could have been the reason for that beef or was was that at all brought up? Yeah, it definitely was brought up. You actually talked to the ex-girlfriend of both Khan and Colt. Do you want to speak more on that? I spoke to her and she told me that James Khan Nip was abusive. And I think the biggest question for me is we're kind of all sitting here trying to figure out who knows who the most. Why were these three people together that night? Right. Um, I mean, I know that some acquaintances hang out sometimes and it's all good, but how often you get in a police chase with just an acquaintance? What were they doing that night? Before James Con Nip ran from the cops, what was the plan that night? Because the whole police chase started when he just decided to spin out in front of a cop car and kind of provoke them. Right. But I don't think the plan probably was, hey, let's all get in the car, spin out in front of a cop car. And go on a chase. Yeah, something else was obviously going on. And it seems like if there was some beef between Colt and Khan, even if it was stemmed from maybe, you know, that a girlfriend that they both had in the past, um, and if if 
Khan actually did care for, maybe just in a friend in a friendly way, um, Molly. Maybe he, you know, didn't like Colt because of that. So you you know, there's so many relationships here. You kind of never know exactly what went down, but you can you can tell there could have been some tension, you know, for various reasons between those three. Yeah, it definitely does seem like a strange pairing to be in the car that night. It doesn't seem like any of them are particularly really close. It seems like to me, whoever the driver is has a little bit more of the power, has a little bit more of the decision of how that night's going to go. Yeah, I think we can all agree also that it's not, this wasn't something that was pre-planned. Payne, after talking to the PI, Philip Klein, I feel like we sort of got the impression that maybe this was an accident that was covered up. What do you think? It's definitely possible that one or if not both of them got hurt in maybe the car. Um, I mean, it's nighttime. It's extremely dark out there, middle of nowhere in the woods. Uh, It's possible that one of them even got hurt out there in the woods. I think that that's the tough part. There's a very clear incident that occurred before their disappearance. The last thing that we know they did was ride in this car in this police chase with Con Nip, and then they end out they end up out there in the middle of the woods. And from there, Con makes it out. The question is, where did Molly go and where did Colt go? And you know, why didn't they all go together? Right. Did they Or did they and wherever they went, then something happened there? Like did it actually happen in the woods or did they all make it to, to Con's property? And then something happened there. It seems like Molly was definitely lost out there. I mean, she's calling her friends frantically for hours, probably trying to get a ride or have someone help figure out where she is. Um, I, I just wonder how they all became so separated. I mean, maybe the car comes to a stop and Khan gets out and just takes off running uh, from the cops still or something. I'm not really sure. Um, and, you know, or they all go their separate ways. I'm not really sure. But it makes you wonder how they all became separated. Because it, it seems clear that um, it, it just seems like Molly's by herself at that point. I mean, I guess there's no way of proving that. Um, I think one of the things that Philip Klein mentioned to me was that maybe Colt and Khan got into some sort of fight and... Colt was badly hurt and hurt in a way where he was dying or going to die. And if Molly saw that, then maybe she became a part of that as well. Yeah, that was an interesting theory that he brought up. I think um, what's really intriguing to me is how much time passed. The calls she started making were around midnight. And the last call she made was sometime after 9 a.m. That's a long time for, you know, them to get in the woods, them to be lost in the woods, them to not have anybody come pick them up, there to be, like, further complication, and for her to still be making phone calls, and finally the line goes dead. Yeah, nine hours. You guys were in those woods. I mean, what? how deep are you in those woods from the road or from his property? Like, I mean, to me, I think it comes down to it's pitch black out there at night. I think it's interesting that in the morning, it's she was yeah, still making phone calls. Right. According to Katie, you know, Colt hated Khan. I'm sure the feeling was mutual. So you never know what what, what happens if now you're, you're everything's heightened. You're in a police chase, adrenaline, um, 
you just never know. Uh, mix drugs into the equation, anything could happen out there. It's kind of hard to even put it into perspective because literally anything could have happened. For with all that anger, drugs, um, you know, previous relationships that they you know shared with this one woman who clearly doesn't like uh, Khan, and um, you would think that there's some explanation, but in this one, it's really hard to even come up with a theory that makes sense. Yeah, sadly, I think drugs makes a lot of sense. I mean, we couldn't. We haven't been able to think of a good reason that three people that don't really know each other would be in a car, especially when two of those people don't even really like each other. But drugs does kind of give an explanation a little bit for that. Maybe someone was, maybe they weren't in their right minds. Maybe they were being promised something. Maybe they were coerced into something. Maybe everyone didn't really know what was going on or didn't really understand what would happen. I mean, maybe they were all totally out of their minds. It, it, it makes more sense that there was a little bit less self-control in this situation than you think. Also, um, I did an interview with Colt's brother that wasn't used in the show, and he kind of spoke to that. He said that in this town, um, there really isn't anything for young people to do, and that it's really not uncommon for young people to turn to drugs. Now, I'm sure that is a blanket statement and that it's not the truth for everybody, but um, he really spoke to that and said it was a big issue in their town. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe Russell. So we're driving, trying to find this guy. We know what we know where his house is. Circle the block a couple of times, and then you see him. I didn't even recognize that that was him. It looked a little different than his picture. What were, what were you thinking when you jumped out that car and uh, realized that it was him? I mean, the guy was supposed to be inside. He, he's on house arrest, so we assumed that we'd be going to his house and knocking on his door and maybe having a conversation either through the door or right there at the door. Mm-hmm. But the guy isn't supposed to leave his house. So we get there. We kind of knew where his house was. We took one loop around the little cul-de-sac there. And sure enough, I kind of looked to my left, and there he is. Yeah. I'm like, it looks, just like the guy, it looks just like the guy's picture. You know, he had lost he a little lost weight. lost weight, yeah. yeah. but, like, his face, I mean, it looked just like him. So I just told everyone, stop the cars. I, I think that is Joe Russell. And so I hopped out of the car and approached him, and sure enough, it was. I, Actually, fortunately, he, he wasn't in his house, right? could have just closed the door on you, but at least you were able to catch him out in public, have an exchange with him. I think what he said is, you know, is telling for who this guy actually really is. Definitely. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely thought he would be <laughs> in his house if he was on house arrest, but he was out wandering around, and that allowed us to speak to him. But as you heard, he didn't have much to say and doesn't really seem to care much about Molly or Colt or their families. And that's because he, he said that. He said that he doesn't care. So I, mean, I think of all the places that we went, this was definitely the most middle of nowhere, except for maybe Crestone. But still, this is kind of a different middle of nowhere. You, you asked earlier when we were out in the woods, you know, how far was that from the road? And the thing is, is that I, I don't—I honestly don't even know. But even if you got to the road, you're still nowhere, hmm. and it barely even looks like a road. Sometimes it's not like some huge highway. It's—it's it's a small road that's often barely fits two cars, and it just goes forever. And it looks the same 
it never is any different. So, I mean, unless you're super familiar with the area, I mean, if you dropped me out there, I would have no idea how to get back. This Saturday at 7, 6 central, the Oxygen Network will play the final episode in the Up and Vanish TV series. We're covering the Jennifer Kessie case from Orlando, Florida. And next week, we'll have a follow-up podcast episode on the same case. Tune in then for more. Thanks, guys, and see you next week. Executive produced by Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Additional production by Mike Rooney, Meredith Stedman, and Cooper Skinner. Voice narration by Rob Ricotta. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. A big thank you to the crew and everyone we spoke to during filming. Check out the show this weekend, only on Oxygen.